shame could knock it past my blame until he called my name. I'm so glad he changed me, darkness held me down, but Jesus pulled me out and I'm no longer bound. I'm so glad he changed me, see I'm now a new creation in Christ. It's mine. I've 
Church of the Warm Heart, good morning. I'm digging myself out of the band here. Good to see you. Good to see you on the Sunday morning. My name is Michael Benishek. I'm one of your Warm Heart pastors. It's a, uh, just a privilege to have you here with us today. Those who are joining online, wherever you may be, I know we got people on the East Coast watching today, West Coast, North Dakota, down to Alabama, wherever you may be, ships at sea, God bless you. We are blessed to have you with us. Can you do me a favor? Could you just turn around and wave at the camera to say thank you to our online guests for joining us today? Good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, just a couple of announcements to share this morning. Uh, most of them are on the back. The Merry Methodists are tonight, if you like food. And if you just like hanging out with folk, uh, this is a good place to be. They're Mary. The Bitter Methodists met last night. You missed that one, but you can catch the, the Mary Methodists this evening. Uh, can, we, can we say thank you to the youth who uh, did last week's service? Yay to the youth. Appreciate all of you. We got one. Yeah, there we go. In one second. Uh, the, the kids aren't here to, li- to listen to that applause. They're on a youth retreat right now up to McCall. Uh, they're up there uh, sledding and all that jazz. Uh, so we just pray for safe travels to all of them. Uh, they come back tomorrow, I believe. I think that's when I'm supposed to pick up my own kids. So uh, I think it's tomorrow. Uh, we'll, we'll double check that before, <laughs> before I get out of here. Um, we had, uh, theologically, the, the term is blah. We had, we had a passing this past week of, of, of a, a saint in our church, Jeff McLeese passed away on, on Valentine's Day. That's Jeff. Uh, you, he might look familiar. He runs a lot of our sound. He does a lot of stuff down here. Uh, he's involved in all our music ministries, uh, Bible study. He, he's only been around our church for the last two, two and a half years. Uh, but in that time, he's, he's made, a, made an impression. Uh, he's 63 years old, uh, a sudden stroke, uh, Wednesday morning. But his service will be here Saturday at 1 o'clock with a reception following. Everyone and all are invited. Take me under baptized, I need you. 
God. We come to you today with open hands and open hearts in gratitude for the abundance and beauty of your creation. We pray for our church, our families, and our community. And in all things, we give thanks. Fill us with life, with love, and with wonder. And help us to cultivate joy as we study and marvel at the beauty of your hand. During the season of Lent, may we be present and abide in you. And may all we do be rooted in your love, God. So today, Lord, as your people, we come together to pray as Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Moment, greet those around us in Christian love. Come on down. To the kiddo that we have here, to the children watching online, good morning, good morning, good morning. It happens. It happens. So if you go into my office sometime, uh, if you ever get called into the pastor's office, it's usually not a bad thing. <laughs> but I, have a, I just have bookshelf after bookshelf after bookshelf of fancy schmancy books. That, that teach me about God that I had to read for both college and seminary. Books I've collected along the way. Do you guys have any books at your house? Uh, I have fancy, fancy books. You have fancy schmancy books too? And I have Bible. I have fancy Nancy. Fan, fancy Nancy books. Awesome. Captain Underpants. Captain Underpants. Oh. <laughs> National hero. That's what he is. Tra la la la. We we have a couple of those books at our house too. Don't worry. But in 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 all the books that teach me about God in my own office. I like my Bible. What? 
This is, this is the first Bible that I got. This is, from my, this is from my parents back in 1980. I was seven years old, and they got me King James. The old King, little tiny print. Uh, yeah, I think, I think your Bible might be a little better for, for kids. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yep. I like the starter ones. Yep, uh, the pages on here. Oh, look, Adam and Eve, and Adam's in trouble already. There's Noah on the flood. I, want, I don't want to show that picture. Abraham sacrificing his son Isaac. That's, that can't be good. Uh, oh, there's Goliath. Like, I don't know why I'd give this to a seven-year-old, but that's, that's what it was. <gasps> Lion and the Witch in the Wardrobe. Have you ever heard of that book? Yeah, it's a better movie. Yeah. yeah. Never got that book. Never got that book. These books also teach me about God, too. And I've kept them up there. I don't know if they're appropriate for pastors. Big, fancy-schmancy bookcases, but... Wizard of Oz? Yeah. It was, a, it was a book for 40 years before it became a movie in 1939. Yeah. Got that one. Oh, the old Boy Scout manual. And Any Boy Scouts out there? Did you remember this book? This one? Yours was a little different? Yeah. I still look at this every now and then. Teach me about the world and how to help others. Oh, ooh. The Hobbit. Yeah. This, this teaches me a little bit about God, too, somewhere in there. You don't want that one? Oh. You're jealous? Try this one someday. Watership Down, my favorite book of all time. Did, do you like it? Ah, it's, it's a very thick book. Yeah. But it's a good book. If you ever get a chance to read Watership Down, it talks about friendship and how we care for each other and all sorts of stuff. And then he gets to some of my children's books. Can you believe that the pastor has children's books hanging out? <gasps> this little house? Oh, the little house? Does this ring any bells to anybody? A couple people? Yeah. Yeah. This book made me cry when I was about your age. Yep. This is the very first book that made me shed a tear. Uh, the other, another book that made me shed a tear was uh, Where the Red Fern Grows. First one. Yeah. Shed a tear tear is when uh, it makes me sad when things come to an end. That's that's what makes me shed a tear is when something that went on for so long is something when things change, and a lot of times they change for the better, but it's still sad to see things change. Yeah, I've never heard someone say this TikTok made me cry. Never heard that. But books, books do that. (gasps) The Giving Tree. You got this one? Yeah. Oh. It's like a little different. There's like another book with it. But I bet the pictures are the same. Yeah. Yeah. Pictures are the same. Yep. He, he climbs the tree in this one? Yeah. Oh. Once there was a tree, and this tree loved a little boy. I could almost do it verbatim. And believe it or not, this is in the pastor's office. Bernstein Bears. Spooky old tree. This, this, my grandma read this one to me. Yeah, and so I keep it in here because it talks about when times get scary, you hold on to each other, and you and you work it through as a with with your family and your friends, and things will be it'll be okay. So this one teaches me about a lot a lot about God too. Although it feels weird to have this right next to Pannenberg's three three anyway uh, with other fancy schmancy church books, but I got this one in there. A lot of us probably read the same books. 
Part of our job as, as a church is to train children and train adults to know the stories of our faith. So if we say, Daniel was in the den of the lions, you know that one, Adam and that's right. Uh, we know these stories and that's, that's the hope. Cause I bet you I could, I could, some of these people out here haven't heard some of these, the, oh, David and the giant, Goliath. I'll tell you the answer on that one. It's Goliath. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to test these people out here and I'll test the band too. So I, I'm going to say something and see if you can finish it to see if we have the collective wisdom, the collective knowledge base here to go off of. Uh, Baba. Yeah. Have you, you know, this one, I love it. Do you know why I love it that you know this? Because a lot of kids today don't know nursery rhymes and it's not the kid's fault. It's my fault and, and parents' fault. Uh, things that we grew up with, we're not, we're, we're not, we're not sharing this, this, uh, this collective knowledge. Let's see. Humpty Dumpty. You know, awesome. Try this one. Jack and Jill. Went up the hill and then, yeah, Jack, Jack broke his crown, which I, I, I didn't learn till later. It was just his noggin. Yeah. Jack be nimble. A lot of Jacks in these stories. All right, let me see if I could. Do you know what I'm doing? The itsy bitsy spider went up the water spout. You're all good. You're good at this. Yeah. Um, I'm a little teapot. See, you guys had good parents. Good job. I love it. Um, I, I ended the, the first service with this one. We'll see if we could do it again. Old McDonald had a farm. Yeah. Well, I pray that you learn the stories of our faith and the stories that are in the Bible and, the, and even these stories that teach us about God. Keep on reading. Even Jesus, the Son of God, who knew everything, went to school and he learned as well. Let's pray. God above, we give thanks for these little ones both here and, and at home. We just pray that as they grow in godliness and, and in your favor that that their families have support, that their church has support, that their schools have support uh, to, to help grow these, these young ones to be great disciples, great servants, and your children. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for coming down today. And as we take the offertory, a word of thanks to those who faithfully participate to the giving of our church. You support the ministries of love, of education, and of support. We feed the hungry. We, we shelter the homeless. We do all sorts of things, but we can't do it without you. So thank you, thank you, thank you.
today's scripture reading is from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve that God's will is his good, pleasing, and perfect will. The second scripture is from John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. May God bless the reading of his word. So in this season, this is the first, first Sunday of Lent, but uh, before, before Lent and all the way through Lent, uh, we are examining some of the ancient practices of, of Christians throughout 2,000 years of, of, of tradition that help us understand the divine, ourselves, our, our, our role with each other and, and with God. And so we think of such practices as prayer, meditation, Fasting, giving, and other churchy type things. So it might seem strange to include the topic of study on this list. I heard in a, in a random conversation this past month, shouldn't faith and education be kind of a little bit opposed to each other? Since the more you know, the, the less you depend on God. You know, God created the universe, but now we know about the Big Bang and, and evolution, and we're not the center of the universe, and so on. Jesus exercised demons out of people, but now we know a lot more about mental health, schizophrenia, and other, other disorders. But faith and brains have not always been enemies. So let me just take a minute to brag on our church a little bit. Education is one of the core values of the Methodist Church and has been since the the 18th century. Founder John Wesley believed education was the key to a fuller life, a richer life. Knowledge for him was not just an intellectual exercise, but a way to help make better, better people, better servants, to learn more about this world that God, that God made. Wesley believed that everyone should have access to education regardless of gender or class. And this was insanely novel for the day. We believe that women should be able to read. Can I get an amen? Amen, right? We believe that even the lowest classes should know their multiplication tables. One way to control others is to deny education. And we as a Methodist church has always been on the forefront of everyone gets to go to school. Everyone gets to learn. If you're scared that someone's, someone's knowing stuff, there's a, there's a problem. In 1748, Wesley used some of the offertory and opened up a school for the children of coal miners near Bristol, England. There's, that's a picture of Kingswood School. And people at the day were like, Why? Why send these kids to school? They're just going to go to the coal mines. Don't, don't you want some opportunities for your kids? And even if they are coal miners, don't you want them to know what they're doing down there? 
Don't you want them to know how, how to dig and where to and You want smart people no matter what you're doing. He championed education as a way to assure that leaders would also act ethically and responsibly. Have you ever noticed that we in the Methodist church don't, don't really have private elementaries, private high schools? That's, that's not something we do. There's, there's, there's other churches that might. Uh, and, and we certainly do, I've been told, in other countries where there is no education for anybody. Uh, but here in the U.S., we don't have Methodist elementary or high schools. And the reason is simple. We are big-time supporters of public education. School for everybody. That's what we go for. Now, if you have a private education or you want your kids to go there, great. That's awesome. Education is education. But in some parts of the country, thank God not here, public or a private school means white school. We're kind of against that. In some parts of the country, thank God not here, private school means rich school. We're kind of against that sort of thing. So, so again, if you're in the private school, awesome. Go get schooling. But if you don't like the public schools, here's an idea. Fix them. Help fix them. I don't want my kid to go to public school because, well, you know, my kids, they went, uh, we, we lived uh, in, in our last, in our last appointment. Uh, pastors move around every now, now and then. And in, a, in the last one, there was a private school right down the road. And like, we know where your kids are going to school. Like, yeah, the public school. You're, you're not going to the Christian school? Like, no. But there's drugs at the public school. Like, yeah. And there's drugs at the private school, too. People get pregnant at the public school. Like, yeah. And they get pregnant at the church. <laughs> uh, we're going to teach our kids. The, they're they're going to get their religious education at church. And uh, we, we're going to support the public schools. Uh, by the Civil War, Methodism, we've started 200-plus institutions of higher learning. Now, we support public schools. We also support public universities. But we're also... We're, we're also trying to start schools uh, of higher learning in, in different types of degrees. Here in the Northwest, the very first school that was available to anybody started by the Methodists. Part of Willamette University over there, over there in Salem. <laughs> I had to figure that out for a second. Over in Salem, Willamette University is still there. Uh, their, their first uh, uh, dean of students was actually the pastor of the Oregon City Methodist Church where, where I was. Uh, today, the U.S. Has, a, has about 117 outstanding United Methodist-related schools, colleges, and universities, 13 uh, schools of theology, and, and many more outside the U.S., again, in places where education is hard to come by. We were the first colleges that granted degrees to women and African Americans. Uh, if you ever heard of the, the phrase uh, HBC, I lost it. HBC? HBCU. Thank you. Historical Black College University. Uh, Methodists were on the forefront of that. Education for all. Uh, matter of fact, in our own history here, uh, here at Meridian, there was a pastor back uh, in the late 1800s who supported a historical black College came from there. He was dean of students and then came here to be pastor and championed the idea so much that, that some people even left the church and started a Methodist church south 
which was kind of a for slavery back in the day. And then they merged back together many years later, and that's how we got this church here when those churches came back. Um, universities uh, that you rec- you'll recognize. Boston University, Emory, Drew. Drew? Jersey? Drew's Jersey. Believe it or not, Southern Methodist University is a Methodist institution <laughs> down in Texas. And it was embarrassing when they got caught scandalized with, with the football, with cheating. And, uh, it was, anyway, Methodist. Uh, Duke University, if you know Duke. Uh, what's, what's their mascot? The Blue Devils. Blue Devils. Come on, Methodist institution. I'm not sure what that says about us, but Duke is a Methodist uh, university. Every year, millions of dollars are given out in scholarships from the Methodist Church to kids trying to go on to, 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 to get better studies. Uh, my own boys who are on the youth retreat so I can do this, they don't want me to show you this because they're competing for them. But the Methodist Church, uh, go to the Higher Education and Ministry website. Uh, scholarships, are, are their applications are open right now. Uh, I know Christian's got one. Uh, uh, from the Oregon Idaho conference, uh, it's it's open. Uh, they, again, they don't want me to show because they're competing against. Gabe, my my senior, says Christian, help me with my application. And Christian, I'm not helping you at all. I want them to just figure it out. Uh, and we got our own warm heart scholarships too, where we give away thousands of dollars out of out of uh, we have a, we have two endowments. Uh, specific, we have seven endowments. Six, six we have six endowments at this church. Two of them are for education. Uh, another one is for camp scholarships. Another one is for youth mission trips. Uh, we believe in going out and learning. But why? Why should we care? Believe it or not, the Bible wants you to grow in knowledge. We believe in God and we believe in science. Right? God wants us to know about this world. Truth is knowable. And God himself is the source of all truth. John 14 states that Jesus himself is the truth incarnate. Colossians tells us that treasures of wisdom and knowledge are to be found in him. Uh, Scripture after scripture talks about the way, the truth, and the life. Find the truth. And you get that by exploring the world, by testing the scientific method. Figure it out. Even in the Garden of Eden, when God told Adam to have dominion over all the earth, God has always encouraged humankind, his crowning creation, to learn and protect this earth. I'll skip ahead to Proverbs. Proverbs 3 says this, Joyful is the person who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding. We have a biblical mandate to keep on learning. We also believe in spiritual education, to know the stories of our faith. So if I say Daniel in the den of the lions, you know what we're talking about. Mary and Martha. Hopefully that sounds familiar. This kind of education is important for both children, youth, and adults. We don't get a pass because we're old. We're supposed to be lifelong learners in the faith. There's even some parts of the Bible I'm reading like, oh yeah, I forgot that was in here. Here's a scary thought. If my kid goes to Sunday school every single week, how many weeks are there in a year? 
52. So my kid's going to get 50. If they come every Sunday, they're going to get 52 hours of Sunday school. Hold on, there's holidays in there. So, uh, so 48. They're going to get 48 hours of... Hold on, uh, it's only 45 minutes. They're going to get 36 hours of Sunday school if they show up every single time. And that's if we can find teachers. Hint, hint, plug, plug. According to a recent survey, the average kid spends between 20 to 50 hours a week in front of a screen nowadays. That's the world we live in, and I, I get that. But that means that one week, one, just one week of screen time equals the amount of one years of, of, of Sunday school. It's important. Get to a Sunday school class or a small group. Additionally, this teaching ministry of the church it extends to Bible study, discipleship classes. We have, um, we have numerous studies going on here at the church. One that I'll just uh, pitch out there right now is our Bible study on Tuesday afternoons. I know it's 1 o'clock. I know it's during the work week. But uh, if, if you're not working Tuesdays, stop on by. Check us out. We do a chapter, chapter every, every week. We're in 2 Corinthians right now. Uh, stop on by. They, they got good snacks too. In the end, God wants us to be smarter, yes, but also to be, but why? So we can become better, better servants. So we can help each other more. You know, for, for all the doctors out there, I, I don't want my doctor to have their, their medical GED. I want them to know what they're doing. For the person building my house, I want them to know what they're doing. For the person teaching my kids at school, I want them to know what they're doing. God allows us to learn so that we can help each other. So how do, we, how do we do all this? Just real quick. Plan. Be intentional. Uh, get a plan for personal discipleship. There are dozens of daily reading Bibles, personal dis- uh, discipleship programs that you could use to become a more fully devoted follower of Christ. Jump in a class. Read a book. Read some of the, uh, the, the classics that are out there. Get a devotional. I know when my wife and I first got married, uh, before we go to bed each night, we had a, we had a little Bible devotional uh, right by the bed, and we'd read a chapter every night before going to bed. You do that in your first year of marriage? Like, yeah. Yeah, that's what we did. Get intentional about your children or your grandchildren's spiritual formation. Don't leave it for someone else. That for which you will be held, that, that, that you will be held accountable. How's, a, how's that go? Train a kid in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not turn from it. There was a time when my, my own parents didn't go to church. Kind of hear, oh, I know. All right, I need the DS to close your ears for a second. All right, so my parents went to church if they liked the pastor. And if they didn't like the pastor, they didn't go to church. It was a small town, and sometimes you get a good one, and sometimes there was another one. But, uh, uh, but Grandma, God bless Grandma. Grandma called and says, you get those kids to Sunday school, at least. And the Grandma would come pick us up, take us to Sunday school, and then the cinnamon rolls, cinnamon rolls. Yeah, bribe your kids to go to church. It's, it works. But get them and, uh, cinnamon rolls or donuts. Um, I, re- I remember there was one parent at a church, it's like three churches ago, who uh, they, they were just started coming and the kid was coming into confirmation. And the, and the dad looked at me and says, uh, you 
are in charge of my daughter's salvation. Whoa, hold on. We are happy to help and we're teaching truths and we will guide her in that. But it's, we're helping the parents in this, right? We're all in this together. Uh, get involved in passing it on. There's always a need for teachers at the local church. Do you want a small group? Start a small group. Sometimes they take off. Sometimes they fail spectacularly. But, but try. Keep trying. Want to be a camp counselor? The opportunities are there. Want to help with the kids? Opportunities are there. Now, for the kids and vulnerable adults, you do have to pass a background check. Uh, we protect our kids here. So uh, you, you know, there's, there's, there's some stuff that we do legally to make sure that it, no one's left alone with the kids. You know, we, we protect our kids. But if you want to help, let us know. And at the end, just keep learning. Just keep reading. The, uh, if the last book you read was in the 20th century, things have changed since then. <laughs> and this morning, I just want to leave you with, with one more John Wesley quote, because I think it's true for what we're talking about today. We are always open to instruction, willing to be wiser every day than we were before, and to change whatever we can, change for the better. And the family of God said, Amen. Closing song today is one called God So Loved. If you're willing and able, let's stand and sing together. Come lay them down at the 
worship team. Thank you to our people upstairs who make this happen, to our folks online, and to all of you. This is where I usually give a benediction and send us on our way, but I'm going to do it a little differently today. Can I hear a gasp? (gasps) Something different. Please be seated for a moment. I'd like to invite our district superintendent, Karen Hernandez, to come on up. Uh, A district superintendent is right below the bishop. Uh, They cover an area. Karen's area is almost all of Idaho, a lot of Eastern Oregon. Her district is larger than some annual conferences, Uh, but uh, she's in charge of 40-some churches here, and she comes with a special announcement. Everyone say hi, Karen. Hi, friends. It's good to be with you. I live here in Meridian, so it's a treat uh, to feel like I'm at my home church. I don't get to have a home church in this job. Uh, I have 40 of them instead, but I appreciate um, that I can stay home and worship with you and count you as my church family. Thank you for that. Pastor Mike has done a great job telling you about how we as United Methodists value education. And another United Methodist belief that I want to put out there before you today is the ministry of all believers. We have clergy and laity, but we believe that all of us, every single child of God, is called to be in ministry, called to use the gifts and talents and abilities that God gave us, maybe called to offer a ministry of presence, just the person who's there to keep someone else from being alone. But I'm actually speaking to you today not about your call or not yet, but about the call from one in this congregation. Because of wonderful ministry that has happened here, lots of education and training, affirmation from this congregation, from the District Committee on Ministry, from the Board of Ordained Ministry at the conference level, and now because of the bishop. It is my great blessing and joy to tell you that it is the intention of Bishop Cedric Bridgeforth that your Pastor Jen will become the Reverend Jen Hunkovic, pastor of Southside Boulevard United Methodist Church in Nampa, effective July 1. Thanks be to God. I have a new book to read, a Methodist book called Their Hearts Were Strangely Lukewarm. Friends, that seemed lukewarm. One of your own is becoming a pastor of her own church. Thanks be to God. (laughs) 
I know there are fewer of you in this service, but there's still as much enthusiasm. Thank you. This means that you have four and a half months to celebrate Pastor Jen, to keep learning from her, to keep being disciples alongside of her, to serve with her, to congratulate her, and to lift her up with your prayers and your encouragement as she takes a big, brave step into a different kind of ministry where she will be the solo pastor of this congregation uh, that is Southside Boulevard. She won't be far, but she won't be your pastor starting July 1st. She will need your prayers and support in this time of transition. And she will need your prayers when she enters that new role, too. So I hope that you will spend the months ahead uh, making the most of them and then sending Pastor Jen to be Reverend Jen on her way uh, into her next season of ministry. Thank you for all that you have done to support her thus far and be a place where she can live into that call. Let's pray for Pastor Jen, shall we? Holy and loving God, we give you thanks for the call on Pastor Jen's life and for the way that you call each of us. We celebrate that she is headed to Southside Boulevard UMC. Though there will be an absence here that she will leave behind, God, there are incredible blessings in store for both her and the Southside community and uh, the congregation as well, both congregation and community. God, we pray for you to continue to guide this congregation and Pastor Jen in whatever you know lays ahead for them. It's in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. That as we celebrate this first season, this first Sunday of Lent, as we celebrate the ministry of Jen and and her next four months with us, as we celebrate God still being with us, teaching us, even us, at at our old age, we can still learn, we can still grow, and we can still love. Go in peace.